This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to episode 164, part five, ladies and gentlemen, part five. And, um, before we get into this list, right, let's get into this list, but I want to um, bring my trusty co-host, my sidekick, my in-house fact checker back on for a moment. I just want to start by asking Glenda a question. What is the end goal of the artificial intelligence movement? Thank you, Glenda. The end goal of the artificial intelligence, AI, movement is to develop intelligent machines that can perform tasks that typically require human-level intelligence, such as reasoning, problem-solving, decision-making, perception, and natural language understanding. The ultimate goal is to create machines that can perform these tasks as well as or even better than humans. The potential benefits of AI are vast and wide-ranging. AI has the potential to transform industries such as healthcare, finance, transportation, and manufacturing, and to solve some of the world's most pressing challenges, including climate change, poverty, and disease. However, there are also concerns about the impact of AI on society, particularly in areas such as privacy, employment, and social inequality. There is a need for responsible development and deployment of AI to ensure that the benefits of this technology are realized while minimizing the potential risks and downsides. As a result, Many researchers and policymakers are advocating for ethical frameworks and regulations to guide the development and use of AI. Two very important pieces of information came out of Glenda's response. And I don't know if you caught that, but one is that the ultimate goal is to create machines that can perform these tasks, meaning reasoning, problem-solving, decision-making, perception, and natural language understanding, as well as or better than humans. I've told you this is a war on humanity. This ends with the engineering of humanity out of existence. This is what it is. I mean, this 
the engineering of artificial intelligence to do all of this reasoning problem solving decision making perception and natural language understanding better than humans that is a goal of engineering humans out of the equation okay the second part that glenda brings up which is very important here is that the potential benefits of ai are vast and wide-ranging ai has the potential to transform industries such as and she mentions climate change in there poverty disease healthcare, finance transportation manufacturing all right so there's enough issues out there and i haven't brought this up before i was talking about it with maria albanese co-host of the thomas Paine podcast on friday so i want to point it out to you because i pointed it out to her when she called me the other day to say she wanted to talk about some of this on Mike Moore's podcast, which came out uh, today, Friday, is that climate change, let's take for example here, climate change or poverty or disease, these are all social issues that have been used to manipulate folks, everyday folks, for the last at least 25, 30, 40 years in this country. Um, they tug at people's heartstrings. They play to human emotion. I mean, who could turn away someone with leprosy? Who could turn away an African child with a swollen stomach and flies buzzing around its head? Who could, who could be against lowering the planet's temperature so that the tomatoes don't turn into sun-dried tomatoes as soon as you put them outside? I mean... Who could turn this away? And they know this. Well, we've talked in depth about one of these here on the show, although I brought poverty and disease into the discussion many times. Climate change, we dedicated a number of shows to with Wide Awake Jim and the climate hoax and the whole green grift. But one of the things that I don't know if we mentioned in those shows, but I've figured it out over time now, is all of these things, all of these issues that tug at the heartstrings of good-natured humans are for the purpose. I mean, this is what the hustle is. This is what the hoax is all about. Are for the purpose of further implementing the smart technology needed to complete their vision for the ultimate technocracy, to implement the worldwide technate, to fully uh, see this total fourth industrial era, right? To see it come to fruition, completion, whatever that is in their mind. We'll eventually get into it because I have a pretty good idea of where this all is going. But that's the whole thing. That's the whole hoax. That's the whole Griff. So they create these NGOs and these nonprofits and these marketing campaigns on disease and poverty and climate change, and they turn them into industries, all right, uh, for profit and nonprofit, right? So what happens is if you have a million people working in the climate change industry or the green industry, and you have a million people working in the poverty industry. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, from the Santa Claus hanging out in front of the grocery store, dingling a bell for Salvation Army, you know, during Christmas. 
or disease. You know, you have everybody running in races for breast cancer, running in races for, uh, you know, March of Dimes, all this stuff. Well, its purpose is to further advance technocracy, technology, and transhumanism. And they're very brilliant at how they do this. I showed you an example that I think came up from uh, Raya Khan, the director of innovation there at the Rockefeller Foundation, where he talked about how they went into Africa and they went into, I don't know, it was Bolivia or something like that, and they were offering up these poor communities artificial intelligence for the purpose of being able to map out better waste management routes, like like removing waste, garbage, uh, and things of that nature. Well, you can't offer them up an AI solution to an issue unless they accept the fiber lines and the data centers and the smart technology and the Internet of Things to be able to get access to the artificial intelligence. That's what it's powered by. So it's all a trick, right? It's all a trick. So as you create these different industries, these different grifts, in climate change, you have everyone from, you know, your daughter who runs around with a Greenpeace t-shirt to your neighbor who's installing, you know, uh, windmills or he's a salesman for a solar panel company. Well, you create buy-in. Right, So now there's millions upon millions upon millions of people, your friends, your family, your neighbors, maybe even you, who rely on a paycheck from these industries, as fake as they are, like we're never trying to actually end poverty, we're not actually trying to end disease, and we sure as hell aren't trying to end climate change, it's arguable whether or not climate change is even real or man-made, but they create the industries to create buy-in. So now worldwide, if you have, let's say, out of 7.5 billion people, 8 billion people, you have out of 100 million people that work inside of climate change, poverty, disease. And of those 100 million, there's now 500 million or 600 million or 700 million people that rely on the income of that person working in the industry. So to them, that industry is very real. Right? It doesn't matter what you believe. My dad works for the Windmill Association. And so windmills are real and climate change is real. And I don't care because that's what puts food on the table. So they create this buy-in from all these different people. So now if you have 700 million people that directly rely, right, that would be 10% of the world population, directly relies on putting food on the table from one of these industries, one of these grifts, one of these hustles, one of these scams, schemes, hoaxes, whatever you want to call it, it's real to them. And so now they become the preachers, right, that stand up for this stuff. They're the people that go on Facebook and put up a Ukraine flag emoji, you know, it's a Greenpeace Day or whatever the hell nonsense it is. And so now they affect one, two, three, four, five of their friends. And before you know it, now you have half the planet or more that believes in all this stuff. Meanwhile, the solution to climate change and poverty and disease is more technology, right? And so you can't have these problems solved unless you're willing to accept the technology. Same thing I pointed out to you, all right, with transhumanism a long time ago. 
they use the idea of dementia and paralysis you know, and other crippling diseases as a way to get folks to accept the idea of developing and implanting a chip inside someone's head because you can't sit there and say, look, I don't care if my grandma's dementia. We're not putting a chip in her head. Oh, you don't love her? Elon Musk and DARPA came up with a way to put a chip in her head and it's going to make her be able to remember everything again. Back to when she was a kid. Remember the story she used to tell? We're going to take 98-year-old grandma, we're going to put a chip in our head, uh, and now she could tell us those stories again. Well, they tug at the heartstrings. They play to human emotion. They're brilliant at this. And that's what then allows them to sell the technology to gain the acceptance, to put it out there into the lexicon. And before you know it, over five years, 10 years, 15 years, a generation, it becomes normal. It becomes accepted. It just is what it is. It's the world you live in, and you need to accept the world you live in. And that's what happens. That's what the climate grift is about, and poverty grift, and disease grift. And then, of course, you have it naming, Glenda naming, Industries, healthcare, finance, transportation, manufacturing will take another giant slice of the world population that work in those industries. And they're going to say, well, it's going to help streamline our industry. Of course, we have to accept artificial intelligence. You see how it works, folks? That's the real scam. That's the real scheme. Technocracy advances. Nothing ever gets solved because the goal was never to solve those issues. It was to create those issues. Those are the problems to then provoke the reaction, which is the people saying we need to solve them, and then offering the solution, which is more technology, more technocracy. And that is the way the world works. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. I hope you guys really understood what I was talking about there. This is how they socially engineer you into the culture of technocracy. That is what technocracy is. Technocracy Inc. defined it as such. The science of social engineering and the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. That is how they define it. And then it is run by scientists, engineers, technologists. They claim back in the day to want to push bankers and politicians out of the mix. The whole system is funded by the bankers. It's funded by the bankers. All right, let me just uh, wrap up with uh, Glenda here because I want to ask her a quick follow-up question on this and then we're going to get into all the industries where ai has been injected already you said the ultimate goal is to create machines that can perform these tasks as well as or even better than humans why would any 
human developing artificial intelligence want to do this? Thank you, Glenda. The goal of creating machines that can perform tasks as well as or better than humans is driven by a desire to develop technology that can help us solve complex problems and make our lives better. By creating intelligent machines that can perform tasks more efficiently and accurately than humans, we can achieve significant advancements in areas such as healthcare, education, transportation, and environmental sustainability. In addition, the development of AI is driven by a desire to understand the nature of intelligence itself and to explore the limits of what machines can do. Many researchers and scientists are motivated by the intellectual challenge of developing machines that can match or surpass human intelligence and by the potential to unlock new insights into the workings of the human brain. However, it's worth noting that the development of AI is not without risks and concerns, including the potential impact on employment, privacy, and social inequality. As a result, there is a growing emphasis on responsible development and deployment of AI, guided by ethical frameworks and regulations. To ensure that the benefits of this technology are realized while minimizing the potential risks and downsides. If we reach the point where AI becomes better than humans in the areas that we discussed, what is the point of then having humans still around? Thank you, Glenda. The development of AI that can perform tasks better than humans does not necessarily mean that there is no longer a need for human involvement in those areas. While machines may be better suited to certain tasks, humans still have unique strengths and abilities that machines cannot replicate, such as creativity, emotional intelligence, and empathy. Furthermore, the ultimate goal of AI is not to replace humans, but rather to complement and enhance human capabilities. AI can help us solve complex problems and make more informed decisions, but it is not a replacement for human judgment or experience. Instead, the goal is to create a symbiotic relationship between humans and machines where each can contribute their unique strengths to achieve better outcomes than either could alone. In addition, there are many areas where human involvement is still essential, such as interpersonal communication, social interaction, and artistic expression. Even in areas where machines may be better suited, there is still a need for human oversight and regulation to ensure that the technology is used ethically and responsibly. Ultimately, the development of AI is not about replacing humans, but about using technology to improve our lives and solve some of the world's most pressing challenges. By working together with machines, we can achieve greater levels of productivity, efficiency, and innovation than ever before. With you saying that working together with machines 
We can achieve greater levels of productivity, efficiency, and innovation than ever before. You sound like you're referring to yourself as a human. Thank you, Glenda. As an AI language model, I am not a human, but rather a sophisticated computer program designed to process and generate human-like language. While I do not have consciousness or emotions like a human, my programming allows me to interact with humans in a way that is designed to be helpful and informative. In regards to the potential benefits of AI, I was referring to the ways in which AI and humans can work together to achieve greater levels of productivity, efficiency, and innovation by leveraging the strengths of both humans and machines. We can create new solutions to complex problems and improve our overall quality of life. This collaborative approach to problem solving is essential in creating a future where humans and AI can coexist in a way that is safe, ethical, and beneficial for all. What you're referring to, specifically talking about machines working together, to achieve greater levels of productivity, efficiency, and innovation sounds very much like some of the founding documents from Technocracy Incorporated. Thank you, Glenda. While the idea of using technology to increase productivity, efficiency, and innovation is not unique to any one organization or movement, it is certainly a common theme in many discussions about the role of technology in society. Technocracy Incorporated is a historical movement that advocated for the use of scientific principles and technology to improve social and economic systems. The potential benefits of AI and other advanced technologies have been widely discussed and debated with some experts predicting that they will lead to unprecedented levels of productivity and innovation. However, there are also concerns about the impact of technology on employment, privacy, and social inequality, among other issues, as AI and other technologies continue to evolve. It is important to consider not only their potential benefits but also their potential risks and downsides. This requires ongoing dialogue and collaboration between policymakers, industry leaders, and the broader public to ensure that technology is developed and deployed in a way that is responsible, equitable, and beneficial for all. If artificial intelligence displaces a large number of human workers then what is going to happen to all of those humans who no longer have an employable skill? Thank you, Glenda. The potential displacement of human workers by artificial intelligence, AI, is a significant concern. And it's important to consider the potential impact on workers and communities. While AI has the potential to create new jobs and industries, there is also the risk that it may lead to job loss and displacement, particularly in industries that are highly automated, 
if large numbers of workers become displaced due to advances in AI. There will be a need for comprehensive policies and programs to support these workers and help them transition to new industries and occupations. This may include education and training programs to help workers develop new skills. Financial assistance to support retraining and relocation. And policies to encourage job creation and economic growth in areas that have been affected by job loss. In addition to these immediate concerns, there is also a need for broader discussions about the role of work and employment in society. As AI and other technologies continue to evolve, it may be necessary to consider new models of work and employment, such as a universal basic income or other forms of social welfare to ensure that all individuals have access to the resources they need to live fulfilling and productive lives. Ultimately, addressing the potential impact of AI on employment will require a combination of short-term policies and long-term thinking about the future of work and society. It is a complex and multifaceted issue that will require ongoing dialogue and collaboration between policymakers, industry leaders, and workers themselves. Universal basic income sounds a lot like Technocracy Incorporated's proposed energy certificate. Thank you, Glenda. Universal basic income and Technocracy's proposed energy certificate are both examples of proposals that aim to provide individuals with a basic level of financial support. While there are similarities between the two proposals, they differ in their underlying principles and goals. Universal basic income is a proposal that would provide a basic income to all individuals regardless of their employment status. The goal of this proposal is to ensure that all individuals have access to the resources they need to meet their basic needs, such as food, shelter, and health care and to provide a safety net in the event of job loss or other economic disruptions. In contrast, Technocracy's proposed energy certificate was a proposal to create a system of energy-based currency that would be used to allocate resources and compensate individuals for their work. The goal of this proposal was to create a more efficient and equitable economic system that was based on scientific principles and technology. While both proposals aim to provide individuals with a basic level of support, they differ in their underlying principles and goals. Universal basic income is focused on providing individuals with a basic level of financial support to meet their basic needs. While Technocracy's proposed energy certificate was focused on creating a more efficient and equitable economic system based on energy accounting. It's worth noting that both proposals have been the subject of debate and discussion, with some advocates arguing that they could help address some of the challenges facing society today, while others have raised concerns about their feasibility, cost, and potential unintended consequences. As with any proposed policy or system, it's important to carefully consider the potential benefits and drawbacks before implementing it on a large scale. Yeah, folks. So basically, what Glenda is saying there 
is that the energy certificate and the universal basic income serve the same purpose. It's just how they said they were going to allocate it is different. But basically the idea, what you're supposed to believe, ladies and gentlemen, is that these philanthropic billionaire technocratic transhumanists are going to build out a system, right? whether it be 100 years ago under the ideas of technocracy or whether it be the ideas of technocracy today, a system in which artificial intelligence, robots, smart tech, all run by the data centers and the fiber lines and the satellites and the 5G replicators, are going to do all the work, and they're going to produce all the products and all the services, and that you're going to just get a check, right? Where's the check going to come from? It's fake money. It's printed on their press, right? So they're going to give you a check so you can buy things and stuff and products and services from them that they created with their robots and their AI so you could sit at home and do nothing They're telling you you're going to live in a system where you don't have to work. You don't have to get up. You don't have to get off the couch. I've said many times, you just get to sit at home in bed and eat potato chips all day while Amazon drones drop off goods at your door that you bought with your universal basic income, with your energy certificate, with your carbon credit, central bank, digital currency, whatever it may be. Because they're so kind and they're so great and they just want you to stay home and have time with your kids. No one has to work. So if no one has to work because the system produces everything, then no one has to go to school. No one has to learn. No one has to expand knowledge. Because ChatGPT will just talk to you all day and tell you what to do. If you believe in this technocratic utopia, you're nuts, folks. If they achieve a system in which robots and AI do everything for them, let's say in the end there's going to be a million of them, two million of them, 500 million of these elites sitting there. They develop digital slaves, robotic slaves, artificial intelligence slaves that hang out in the plantation and do everything for them that we're doing for them today. Well, they won't need us anymore once we're done building the technocracy for them. Once we're done building the smart prison planet for them, they won't need us anymore. Do you really think they're going to give you a check and let you sit at home? Folks, they're going to kill you. It's pretty damn obvious. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 